goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. We open up the show today with America's anchorman. Reason? There's so much news, and so much of it only Mark Stein (laughs) might be able to address. We have had a busy week. We've had a coronation. We've had another ruling from the off-com people. (laughs) But (laughs) we have a jury verdict in New York now. A jury has found Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse. They have awarded the E.G. Eugene Carroll person $5 million, but buried in the second paragraph of the AP story, second paragraph, not the lead. The verdict was announced in the federal courtroom in New York City on the first day of jury deliberations. Jurors, jurors rejected Carroll's claims that she was raped. But, but, but. They found Trump liable for sexual abuse and for defaming Carol after she made her allegations public. Wait a minute. What do you mean they rejected her claims that she was raped? Shouldn't Mark, shouldn't that have been the end of this entire matter? Well, uh, in in uh, court cases in most of the rest of the common law world, you don't have this great range of uh, uh of crimes you can find the defendant uh, guilty of. so in this case the jury was to to whether he um he'd raped her whether he'd sexually abused her or whether i think he'd molested her and they as you say they d- decided that he didn't rape her but that he did sexually abuse her now, I, I have a big problem with a lot of these uh, so-called historic cases. In this case, uh, the plaintiff can't remember whether it was in 1995 or 1996. I would, I, I find that surprising. But the reality is the jury's reached its verdict and, uh, and Trump has to decide whether he's going to appeal it. It's a civil case, of course, which means the it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's simply on the so-called preponderance of the evidence. But the fact is, you know, in realistic terms, if this were any other politician, it would finish the guy forever. Uh, with Trump, realistically, I mean, that's how, um, that's how skeptical Trump's base is of anything that is alleged of him. The fact of the matter is it's unlikely to impede him sailing on and cruising to the Republican nomination. Okay, so 
she can't remember, as you said, she doesn't remember what year it was. Donald Trump has said, I wasn't, I, I don't even remember this woman, frankly. Uh, there are so many people on social media that are saying this is another one of these cases of Kavanaugh, where women are coming up decades, decades after some event allegedly happened, making a claim. And do you think that this is going to have any sort of, uh, that this is going to put the brakes in any way, or will it encourage more people to come up decades after they claim something has happened and try to press a case, especially if it's in the p- political or the judicial uh, sphere? Well, look, there's a reason there's a statute of limitations in in most uh, instances, you know, uh, depending on what particular crime it is. Uh, you've got a year to think about whether you want to bring charges. There's a reason for that. It becomes very difficult, apart from anything else, to defend yourself against a claim uh, that you raped someone in a dressing room in Bergdorf, in Bergdorf Goodman's, but you can't, uh, the plaintiff can't remember whether it was 1995 or 1996. Now, Eugene Carroll is a, a famous person she was famous then it was 30 years ago so i don't want to be ungallant but she was already a 50 year old <laughs> woman well she was well that's the point she's a 50 year old celebrity plaintiff in a prominent position and i find it odd that if the rape had occurred as she alleged that she didn't bring charges then that was certainly you know we're not talking as we are with some of these ancient uh, cases, you know, the, oh, it happened in, it happened to me in 1957 before there was a feminist movement or anything. She was a prominent feminist in 1995 or 1996. And I find that, you know, as I said, I find it, I, 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 the, there is a reason why for most, uh, for most legal complaints, you have to file in a timely manner. I mean, I'm just uh, doing uh, a case in uh, in London at the moment where you've got three months to decide whether you wish to press your claim. So th- this idea that you can simply uh, leave it and let the decades roll by, I, I do think is disquieting. But the point is, you know, um, Trump Trump didn't feel. I mean, I Trump didn't feel he had to make any defence to this. Basically, the defence didn't felt there was no case to answer. And it is, and, and I'm not unsympathetic to that because I'm not sure how you would prove, uh, whether or not you were in Bergdorf Goodman 30 years ago when, uh, the plaintiff can't even narrow it down to a particular calendar year. I don't know how you, uh, try to prove a negative. Yeah, I, I've been in Bergdorf Goodman. Uh, but it was, it wasn't in 1995 or 1996. It was in, uh, 1993. I don't know how you defend yourself against the charge that, uh, nonspecific. All right. Now, if you are one of the few people that are, has decided you want to run for president, what do you do? <laughs> if, if you're Tim, uh, Tim Scott's got the exploratory commission, unless he's announced and I didn't, and I missed it. Uh, Nikki Haley has, has announced. Asia Hutchison has announced. Um, <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, what do you do? Do you say, okay, here's a guy that, 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 do you bring up this grab him by the thingy again? Because that was one of the things that apparently 
may have influenced this this jury? Do you go? Do you attack Donald Trump using this as a weapon? Well, I think you can. What I find uh, slightly telling, and I, I, I so I speak here as a granite stater, a resident of New Hampshire, and as I said to you a week or two back, James, I'm astonished. I've never known a primary season like this where it's possible to go down to the uh, town general store and not run into presidential candidates. In theory, uh, uh, big big shot Republicans ought to be jumping into the race, uh, and they're not jumping into the race. You mentioned Asa Hutchinson. He's a joke. And I, I actually think I, I I'm sorry, but I also find him, you know, uh, on the whole transgender basis. I don't think there's anything conservative about running uh, as a guy who's in favor of the, uh, you know, physical mutilation of middle school girls, which is what Asa Hutchinson's doing in his state. I think Nikki Haley is a faintly ridiculous figure. I think she has huge problems in that she's one of those people the media like. But uh, in 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 my experience of her, I think just regular people, certainly the typical New Hampshire voter, thinks she's one of those politicians who just says whatever. She's a finger in the windy type who just says whatever she thinks will get her a decent press. These are not serious people. They're, these are not big shot challenges to Trump. All the big shot. I mean, people have been writing for months as if it's Trump versus DeSantis. But DeSantis hasn't jumped in the race, and it is getting awful late now. So I, I, I think we're in a very weird. You know, I, I said uh, on election after on the morning after election day, twenty twenty, uh, when it when it became clear that uh, Trump were you know the votes these strange shifting vote patterns when new boxes of votes arrive in the middle of the night in key states. Uh, that uh, Trump should get his revenge and do a Grover Cleveland. But, you know, it isn't 1896 or whatever it was, and uh, it's actually a lot harder to do, uh, 1892, I think. It's actually a lot harder to do be Grover Cleveland now or even be Adlai Stevenson, where you've lost, and then they say, oh, well, never mind, we're going to give you another chance to lose four years later. That's that's not how presidential politics works now. And yet everybody, uh, everybody has figured basically this nomination is Trump's if he wants it. And all the big shots are steering clear. OK, now let us talk about your court case. You had Naomi Wolf on your program, Dr. Naomi Wolf. I've had her on this program. Dr. Naomi Wolf is is a very brilliant woman who has done a lot of research, and she has very strong views about COVID-19 vaccines. Mm. Yet, yet this group, this Ofcom group, has found that you are in breach of broadcast rules again because why Naomi made some claims about yeah. And basically what she said was that the uh, the rollout of the COVID-19 a vaccine amounted to a premeditated crime, mass murder. That many now, now, Mark, there is no question. I'm sorry if this upsets certain people that work in the pharmaceutical industries or in the media that get their advertising dollars from pharmaceutical companies. But I'm sorry, there has been ample evidence that there have been people that have died in close relation to taking 
the vaccine or have developed other health issues. To the extent that that has happened, I don't know the full extent. I'm still asking questions about it. You have asked questions about it. I've seen some of the courage coverage. We've had this thing called sudden death where, yep. where athletes in their prime who have been vaccinated suddenly die. I have never said that there is a direct causation. I said this needs to be looked at. Yep. Naomi Wolf has talked about this. What in the world are these people whining about now with you having Naomi Wolf on your program? Well, because they're wedded to the 2020 propaganda narrative of these miracle vaccines, which are not miracles. They've actually been withdrawn in, in, in countries which are not so deeply invested in the propaganda. Uh, but, you know, real countries, Denmark, uh, Norway, uh, Finland, Switzerland, they, Switzerland has basically ceased recommending any of these vaccines and says, if you go ahead and take one of these vaccines, you're on your own. Now, in the UK, they're particularly invested in the propaganda and they have this state censor called Ofcom that can come and get you. Uh, in the United States, as you say, it's a lot more to do with pharmaceutical advertising. And certainly uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, said to me just the other day that uh, it's not a coincidence that Tucker has him on his show and Tucker... Uh, starts talking about this, and what do you know, just a few days later, there's no more uh, Tucker Carlson show. Uh, but the fact, the fact is we have some very weird official statistics at the moment all around the world. In the Canadian province of Alberta, the leading cause of death is cause unknown. That's not normal. That's, that's not normal for a developed society. Uh, right. If you look at uh, England and Wales, they basically had for the last year um, over a thousand per week uh, um, extra deaths. You know, in other words, more a thousand more deaths than normal every week for a year. And it's basically in the young adult category. It's 30, 30 to 49 year olds. Now we had the American institute of actuaries or what or whatever it's called which came up with the same thing extraordinary amount of excess death between 25 and 54 year olds in other words the young and middle aged and and there has to be a reason for that and until governments actually start to figure out what the reason is in a free society people should be entitled to speculate she's done nami wolf has done more research than anybody on this. She's got thousands of people working for her in a network all around the world, and she's gone through hundreds of thousands of Pfizer documents. Now, His Majesty's government in London says, I'm not allowed to say that on television, so I'm going to sue His Majesty's government and shove it up His Majesty's government's flabby butt because I think we need more honest conversation on this rather than less. Speaking of His Majesty's uh, flabby uh, posterior, uh, this was Coronation Week this past week, and the coverage was massive, of course. The pageantry was massive in the UK. And I just have a question for you. I watched um, clips of it. I didn't watch it live. Does it even matter anymore? Is this just is this just like a, a, a circus show? Or does this 
coronation and and the king as the figurehead of the UK does it mean anything anymore mark well it's a serious system of government um and if you look at the cato institute in washington when they compile their list of free nations uh i think in the current ranking 6 out of 10 uh, of the freest nations on earth are constitutional monarchies. It's a serious system of government. Whether the king himself actually understands, uh, quite how serious it is, is another matter. But it's, it's interesting. It's, it is interesting to me that even though nobody really likes the guy, I, I'd, I'd put it like that. There's not a lot of enthusiasm for him. Um, you know, his, his governments in Canada and Australia and elsewhere, uh, take, take the whole business seriously. The fact of the matter is, you know, yeah, it's not serious in the sense that the entirety of Western civilization is sliding off the cliff and, uh, we're all going to be in a big heap of rubble at the bottom. And the last thing we're going to be arguing about is whether your constitutional republic is by be- better than my constitutional monarchy, because when we're all at the bottom of the cliff and uh, the Chinese and the Saudis and the Russians are running the planet, it'll it'll just seem, you know, a, a, an irrelevant nuance or detail. <laughs> but the thing is, he th- he's not. He's a king in a hurry. He's He's waited for this for half a century. He's an old man. And he sees opportunity, in, particularly in his title as head of the Commonwealth, which is sort of a bit constitutionally dubious, but gives him a huge amount of latitude to monkey around in all kinds of public policy. And he's not going to waste his time on that. We have to take a break. Mark Stein is with us, America's undocumented anchorman. The telephone number 800-848-WABC. Later on today, Scott Bale, the actor, you know Scott Bale, Happy Days, Chachi. He's uh, getting the hell out of L.A., and he's going to tell us why. We're coming back with Mark Stein. Don't go away. Coming right back. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy birthday to Dave from Sam and Dave on WABC in New York. Now this is their big breakthrough out. Well, it's their big breakthrough single, Soul Man. And we have with us the soul man of the Commonwealth. <laughs> I, yeah, always, I, I always, ever since the 1996 election, I, I always hear that as Bob Dole's campaign theme. <laughs> I'm a Dole man, I'm a, which he used to play at the beginning of his uh, oxymoronic rallies in New Hampshire as the high school gym emptied out and people fled into it was the mismatch between the the cam, the campaign theme and the candidate now was that before uh, he started advertising for viagra or was it after that was before he started the viagra yeah, yeah it was yeah. Be, it, it was before the uh, viagra ads but even he then, was the, 
He was the first. He was the first guy. He was the first real national spokesman for Viagra. Yeah, no, I know. That's what it. I mean, I, you know, I remember at the time. I, I thought, well, maybe I could use Viagra, but I didn't want to find myself uh, talking in the third person like Bob Dole did. You know, where he'd say Bob Dole's going to run for president. Uh, <laughs> Bob Dole's going to campaign. In. I thought that was. I assumed then afterwards that that was a side effect of Viagra. <laughs> And I just didn't feel it was worth the trouble. So, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was, I forget, what, what did they say on the ads? If symptoms persist for more than six hours? Well, you know, when you look, if you saw Bob Dole campaigning in New Hampshire, he was stiff for the whole day. Uh, when, <laughs> and I was, I thought, whoa, I'm not going to go near that. <laughs> oh. Uh, Mark, we've had another one of these things. This time it's New York. This is uh, Jordan Neely, over 44 arrests. He was uh, schizophrenic, uh, reportedly suffered from schizophrenia and autism. Um, And, of course, this is a tragic death. He was acting out on the subway. The View co-host, Sonny Hostin, claims that us, people in the media, like us, mentioning the fact that he had a lengthy arrest record. But I also mentioned with that he had lengthy lengthy mental health issues that were known to the city government, that were known to the state government. They knew that this man was unstable, yet they kept releasing him. But she says that we are re-victimizing him. And this is an argument that comes up every time there's one of these black-white things that the media loves as their narrative. And they always, and, and if the black guy, has, it, it was this way with George Floyd it, was, Floyd, it was this way with the gentle giant whose name escapes me at the moment. It's been the way every time there's one of these cases, if there is an arrest record, if there's history with the law, we're not supposed to report on that. We're just supposed to pretend that none of that stuff existed. Does this, what is the point of hiding the truth is my question. Well, because I think the uh, way these stories are presented are always basically dishonest. Um, you mentioned a couple of them. There have been cases where the only photograph you ever see of the person is like his high school yearbook for a photograph where he right. uh, instead of the one of him at 28 when he's a uh, young thug. In this case, he's being presented to us as a Michael Jackson impersonator. Everybody agreed within 10 minutes the, the most salient fact of this guy's life is that he used to do Michael Jackson moonwalking impressions. Now, the thing about it is it's only relevant to this lady at The View is because she and everybody else are second-guessing the decisions made by the guy riding the subway train. What's disgusting is that in a supposed first-world city, one of the most famous cities on the planet, if you ride the subway, uh, some guy comes up, uh, and is uh, shouting and yelling and uh, obscenities, uh, and you're supposed to figure out, is he just a harmless nutter, or is he suddenly going to lunge and sucker punch me? And people who just have done nothing but buy a token for, to ride the subway shouldn't have to be in that uh, situation. Megan Kelly uh, played me a, a tape. Uh, when I was on her show, of uh, a, a young couple with a like a two-year-old kid. And the kid is sitting there between them, terrified, as this guy, you know, possibly schizophrenic, possibly 
mentally ill is just yelling and swearing obscenities in their face. And as I said, you're down there, you're on your own. It's a lawless, it's an increasingly lawless city because the guys who run the city have incentivized lawlessness and have said that if you commit certain basic, we're not even talking broken windows anymore. We're saying if you walk into famous chain stores on Fifth Avenue and steal hundreds of dollars of uh, merchandise as a matter of policy, the city of New York has no interest in your crime. You're making things worse every day, and then you second-guess the guys down in the tunnels who have to live with the consequences of your failure of government. Well, I know somewhere that has a bright and rosy uh, outlook unlike that. It is on a ship, a big ship, cruising up and down the Adriatic Sea, and it's in July. I'm yeah. going to be on that ship. In fact, uh, we're underway making the air reservations to get me to Italy right now so that I can be there. Oh, and Mark okay. Stein, I'm looking forward to cruising with you in July. Tell folks how they can join us. Yeah, they can join us by going to Mark Stein Cruise. That's all one word, MarkSteinCruise.com. And we're going to be uh, put, leaving Italy, putting in at Croatia, Montenegro, the Greek islands. We're going to have a hell of a time. And, uh, and I will say this, I think it's better than a ride on the New York subway. Mark, thank you for spending so much time with us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure, James. See you next time. All righty. Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen, S-T-E-Y-N, America's undocumented anchorman. We're coming back. Scott Bale joining us when we get back. Don't go away. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Billy Joel brings us back in. Appropriately, moving out. Anthony works in the grocery store, his pennies for someday. Happy birthday today, Billy Joel. And speaking of moving out, we are so pleased to have Scott Bayo on the line with us. Scott, of course, you know, I don't know, Scott, whether you get this all the time. I have women, friends of mine, I mention your name, and they melt down. A <laughs> it's a complete meltdown. It's like, how do you go through your life with that, Scott? It must be so difficult, right? It doesn't suck. <laughs> Scott, you mentioned you said you've announced forty-five years in the Golden State and no more exit stage right. You're leaving. You're moving out. What's up? Uh, well, first of all, it's very nice to talk to you, James. Um, it got to the point where, for me and my family, California is just not livable anymore. Um, I, you know. Forty-five years, I've I've watched that state devolve 
um, into a third world country. And I just, I, I've had it. I, I, I pay a lot of taxes there. Everything is, is super expensive. And what do I get for my tax money? I don't get anything. Uh, criminals are allowed to do what they wish. Uh, homeless all over the place. Illegals all over the place. Uh, graffiti everywhere you look. Uh, good people, good citizens of California are treated like uh, you're on your own. You deal with all the problems. Government wants nothing to do with the good citizens of California. And, and really, their priority is, um, you know, um, comforting criminals and victimizing uh, the victims. So, I, 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 you know, I had the opportunity and, and the means and the window was open. And we were like, OK, let's just let's just get out while we can, because I don't see it getting any better in my lifetime. So that's wow. what happened, James. Scott, this is amazing. Now, you know, I I go back to the days, by the way, by the way, Rush Limbaugh was a huge fan of yours. And that's how we oh met. Oh, my God. When oh I was working yeah. Rush's great, show. Great work. Thank you. And so, mm -hmm. and so you know what? This this thing, you have your the governor out there. I call him Gasm. Gavin Gasm Newsom. Who is so mm -hmm. intent on on he he goes around the country every chance he gets he's trying to uh, uh, impugn the governor of Florida or impugn conservative governors. Is there no sense among anyone in government there that these issues that you raise are really serious? Everyone talks about how beautiful a state it is, and I anybody that's been to California knows. Yeah, you can be in certain places in California. And it looks like paradise. It is simply beautiful. But that's yeah. not enough if you don't feel safe. Yeah. Does anyone safety take this seriously? Apparently not, James. Uh, safety is safety to me is issue number one above everything else. Uh, above everything. And, and if you don't feel safe, then what's the point of staying there? And I, to repeat what you just said, California, all of California is maybe in Southern California. When I first got there for a big chunk of my life, there was probably the most beautiful, safest, cleanest place on the planet. And it's become a, 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 an unlivable place. And I don't know. I, you know, I asked my I asked. I have conversations with my friends, James. Why? What is the end game? What is the end game? Right. Why do these people not care? And I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did. I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't know. It's almost like the public be damned and you deal with it. You're on your own. I, I had can't a, understand that. Yeah, sorry. I, I can't. I, no, no, no. I'm sorry. To interrupt. Look, I had a call the other day from a guy who was so passionate. One of the things that he said, and I mean, he really struck a nerve. He was talking about this young person that got killed in New York that that is in the national in the national news by a marine who was mm -hmm. not trying to kill him trying to restrain him this he was autistic schizophrenic and had been acting out previous arrest 44 times in New York but what he said was think about this we are spending millions of dollars to house and transport around illegal immigrants who've entered this country illegally. And yet, an American citizen 
who is ill, who needs help. His last words were that he was hungry and he was homeless and he wanted to die. That's what this young man said. And he said, you think about that. American citizens are being treated like this. Meanwhile, we're spending all of the resources that we can muster to make people that are have illegally entered this country comfortable. And when you look at it like that, it is really sinful what is going on. And I think when you mentioned California, we, we're, we're looking at, Cal, at Title 42 being shot down this week. There's already a surge at the border of people that is unbelievable. We're talking tens upon tens of thousands ready to crash the gates. What is, you said you don't think California is going to straighten out in your lifetime. Is that for real? You don't think this, there's any hope there? No, I, I do not. And, I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe this is all intentional. Because the the people in charge must see it. They must know what's going on. It's intentional. You can't get rid of Title 42 and then just open it. Well, they're going to, unless this is some sort of ploy, but I don't know. But this is all intentional, James. This whole thing, in my opinion, is intentional to, for whatever reason, bring down the country, wreck it make it a one-party state, uh, one-party country, uh, because if you have any common sense, that's where, that's where all the evidence leads. It, it, it's, it's a constant, constant breaking down of societal norms and American tradition every single day. So somebody tell me that I'm wrong. Somebody tell me that it's not intentional, because as far as I'm concerned, it is. That's the time we have, Scott. Thank you so much. I hope we hear from you again in the near future. I don't want to ask you where you're going, give you some privacy here, but we sure do hope Thank you. that you do not retreat from the public eye. You are too important of a voice. Thank you, James. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Scott Bale, ladies and gentlemen, Bye. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here on WABC. Coming back, your call's coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Stevie brings us back. So behind the scenes today, my great niece is with me, Audiana. Audiana, and and that is what we have for her. We have all for this beautiful, beautiful child. But Audiana has given this family a gift. My great, great niece, who I held for the first time today, Zarellin. So beautiful. So beautiful. Nordiana, you you've done well, girl. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Let's get to the telephones on WABC. James Golden AK Snurley with you. Let us go to Al in Yonkers, New York. How are you, Al? Good. 
it, Bo. Bo, I just want to say real quickly, if you don't mind, I just wanted to say before my question, uh, I just wanted to say I'm sorry that John Rowland passed away as a guy coming of age in the 1980s. I thought he was great, and he'll be missed. Thank you. Now your point. And I just wanted to say, in regards to President Trump, I voted for him twice. But for a political perspective, I think today's charges do hurt him as he moves forward to the Republican primaries. Because people are going to say, well, why didn't you, if you're not guilty, why didn't you testify? Well, I think he's going to have a good answer for that. He said he's going to speak today. After all, when, when we came on the air, only one, one of the issues was settled. There may be more by now since the jury came back. I think they were out for less than three hours. Uh, so we'll have to see what he says. But I think a lot of people think, you know, I think in many ways this is going to strengthen support for Donald Trump because people understand that this relentless attack on him that began in 2016 has been in many instances, if not all, purely political. And they've never seen anything like it. And they believe the Department of Justice is corrupt on the federal level. They believe state court Alvin Bragg and what he's trying to do, which is basically turn a misdemeanor into multiple felonies, is politically corrupt. And this one, where this woman claims that she was raped, but can't even remember which year, what date. Okay, people are going to look at this and say, this is, something's wrong here. Max, thank you for the call. Max, in Manhattan, you're on the air. Yes, James, thank you for taking my call. Um, I find it very odd that all of a sudden, um, every government never all around the world cares about us and wants us to take vaccines because they don't want us to die. But I don't see them taking the same concern when it comes to crime happening in all of our cities, uh, murders that are happening in our cities, and wars that have been happening. We're not well trained when we go to war. We're not uh, we're not taught how uh, to best save our lives when we are at war. We're not trained several years ahead of time before going into war. And I guess uh, and I mentioned about the crime in the in the cities. So why is it all of a sudden that all these politicians care about us and they want us to live by taking a vaccine? Yes, why indeed? I think that you answer your own question. I think many people know why, and they can trace it right back to a dollar sign. And maybe one of the reasons that we are not as well trained at war is that we have uh, people that are now have so sexualized the military where we have drag queen recruiters who are now recruiting for the U.S. Navy. Now, a lot of people say, okay, this is just inclusion. But I guarantee if you go to the nations that are our enemies, and we do have enemies, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, Iran, whether it be North Korea, who's a sometimes on and off again enemy of America, I guarantee you that they're not trying to recruit for their armed services using sexualized figures. They're all about creating armies that break things and kill people. That's what Rush used to say the purpose of an army was for. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that, Patrick. Indiana, you're up next. How are you, Patrick? Oh, okay, yeah, Bo. And uh, I just called to say that uh, concerning Donald Trump and this uh, allegation that uh, this woman was raped by him, she can't remember when or where it was, uh, what year, um, the Democrats always bring up something like this. They did it with uh, Kavanaugh, and they did it with the Republican uh, candidate in Alabama when it looked like he was going to win. And they did it with George W. Bush, saying that he uh, 
humiliated his wife by uh, having other women sit on his lap. Right. Now, you can go further than that. You can go further than that. You can go back to the Clarence Thomas, uh, the, the silly idea that some that a woman found a pubic hair on a Coke can. Those of you that weren't alive during then, you probably don't remember that particular one. That was one of the ones they went after Clarence Thomas with. Allegedly, Anita Hill, his accuser, found a pubic hair on a Coke can. They presented this to America like it was real. And that was evidence of, meanwhile, she was following him from job to job to job to job to job to job. But meanwhile, sexually harassed with the, pubic hair on a Coke can. And by the way, they're trying to smear Clarence Thomas again, just as Thomas. It's not just Thomas. You can go back to what they did to Justice Alito. They have designs on the court. They are so angry that the court is where it is in terms of the, 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 the ratio of conservative justices to liberal justices. And so what this is goes back to Ted Kennedy and Justice Bork. Judge Bork's America, where he claimed that women would be dying in the alleys because of Judge Bork's... This, this, this dehumanization and demonization of Republicans is the playbook for the Democrat Party. It is their political pay, playbook. Let's go to Bill, New York City. Bill, how are you? Hey, uh, Bill, thank you for taking my call. I think that uh, this is going to help Trump win the white women vote again, because I think that they see this for what it is. Um, it's really obvious. Reed Hoffman, who funded this woman, who funded this whole thing, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, he's funded 800 different political uh, packs and, and things like this. So this was just a ploy. But I want to ask you a question. Since you asked, you know, can we speak honestly, Bo? Okay, you have seen the hearings with Mayorkas where they're screaming at him that our borders are open. You've seen that, right? They're yep, screaming I've at seen Al- it. I've seen it. Okay, okay. Vote. Oh, this is a Barbara Specter moment for us people. Go look up Barbara Specter. He's Cuban, but both sides of his family are Jewish. This is intentional. They're doing this on purpose. This is not anti-Semitic people. This is our wake-up call. We need to wake up and speak. I don't know what his, I'm going to be, Bill, I'm all for honesty, but I'm also not understanding the point here that you're raising about Mayorkas. To me, Mayorkas is the most inept, inept figure that we have ever had leading, supposedly leading the Department of Homeland Security. He's just inept beyond belief. And that has nothing to do with his ethnic background. So anyway, but thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That's it. That's the time we have today. Boston Henry's Rush Hour. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your loved ones. I have gratitude and love for you being here today. God willing, be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock when we get a chance to do it all again. Again, thanks for being here. See you tomorrow. Bye.